This is AV Week, episode number 10 for October 14th, 2011. Oh, Canada. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It's time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of news and information. My name is Tim Albright, your host. With us this week is George Tucker. George is the Engineering Coordinator for World Stage. Hello, George. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, also with us is Matt Scott, our Canadian neighbor to the north. He is uh, from <laughs> Omega Audio Video. He's our international flair. Hello, all my friends. Uh, we have a couple of newbies this week. Adrian Boyd. Adrian is from Vector Sketch uh, from my hometown in St. Louis. Hey, Adrian. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, and also with us, we are pleased to announce the place where I stole this name of this podcast from, from <laughs> Infocom International. Cheryl Regan is the Director of Member Services. Hey, Cheryl. Hi there. Uh, Cheryl, the reason you're on is because, yes, I, 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 I borrowed this wonderful name of this podcast from you guys because this coming up week is indeed the actual official calendar AV week. Uh, tell us kind of in brief what uh, what exactly is AV Week, the celebration. Okay, happy to. Um, I'm probably the biggest champion for AV Week here at Infocom. I've been here since 06 when we launched the first AV Week celebration. Uh, it was an idea brought to us by a member in Arkansas with a university, the University of Arkansas for Medical Services. Uh, it's AV Week, we put the spotlight on the AV industry. The idea is to talk to people about the industry who don't know who we are. We're really great at talking amongst ourselves, but I, I, I've never been in an industry where people are so passionate about what they do, and we do so many cool things that um, we have stories to tell outside of our industry to our, to our families, to our communities, to our customers, to uh, potential workers in the industry. So it, it's, uh, it's not really that complicated, although... Um, it's not one celebration. It can be all over the world, and more and more it is. So I will be happy to talk about some of the, the cool ways people celebrate AV Week around the world. Well, do um, that. How, how exactly? No, not just people here, but but how are yeah. people doing? How are people celebrating AV Week and and getting attention to the industry? Yeah, all, all different ways. There's something for everyone. Westminster College outside of Pittsburgh celebrates AV Week every day of the week. So they will put together with faculty and students events on how to use it, take advantage of the technology on their campus. They will have an e-cycling drive one day. Um, they do. Uh, they have a program, a budget. They start planning in the summer, and they celebrate something every day. Universities like to celebrate because they get a chance to showcase their services for the school. And increasingly, they're really cool. And so they create educational opportunities for the users of the technology. Manufacturers can bring in students to tour their factories and and try to bring people in. Crestron's been great. They're doing more of that this year. Um, Draper is celebrating this year, and they're bringing in students um, in the Newcastle area in Indiana to come and hear about um, C their factory a tour and, and learn about the industry. I, um, Biamp, Listen, all these companies are doing great things to 
you know, um, showcase what they do. They have a product to show, so that helps. Oh, yeah. But they and they and they also have a factory or a, a venue to entertain groups of students. But we've seen these things morph into internship programs, into hiring people to work in the industry, uh, creating visibility. Um, it's also a great chance to. Um, I, I, I saw a great article um, on Crestron in the local paper. They're hiring, uh, and in this down economy, that's a really good news story. So they got a great um, feature story on their business in the paper. These are the kind of things we like to see in their outcrops of AV Week um, because we do such great things, but a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. So that's really the whole purpose of it to put the spotlight on the industry, the careers, the opportunities. The, and what we, the value we bring to communication, whether it's in business, government, education, entertainment, and on and on. Very good. Uh, is, is there anything you guys want to ask? Want to ask Cheryl? That now that we have her on the phone, we have uh, Infocom's undivided attention. None of you. <laughs> out of question. Seriously, I have never known you guys not to have something to say. We're in awe. All right. Of the power that is Infocom. Well, Cheryl, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a website. Um, it's avweek.org, yes. and we have a toolkit. It's really a PDF with 20 ideas on how you can celebrate AV Week. It's a little late since next week uh, is upon us already. Mm -hmm. um, AV Week is the week of the 16th of October. Um, I didn't talk to you about what Infocom is doing. We're practicing what we preach. We're getting on the road, and we're going to San Diego, actually, for a member roundtable to talk to our industry. But the next day, we follow that with an outreach event. It's a day-long program um, for end users of technology. So we're going to bring in individuals to talk about how they use AV, whether um, it's on their campus or elsewhere. We have outside presenters on digital signage and emergency communications. And where so, is that? That's in San Diego? San Diego. Okay. San Diego. We encourage people to come if they're listening in that area of the viewership here, listenership. And um, we are also doing a, an electronic recycling drive. So oh, we excellent. found a company locally that will dismantle and recycle the plastic and other parts of um, anything that plugs in. So. <laughs> We try, uh, so we try to celebrate internal, too. We've got, like, a trivia quiz. Um, you can traverse our website and learn about the industry um, and be rewarded for that. So we've got prizes for employees to participate as well in AV Week. Just out of curiosity, since you've been there since the beginning of AV Week, how did you come up with, with the, the second or third week of October? Uh, we tried to space it away from our major trade show at the time, which was, <laughs> um, in, which was Infocom. Our but you guys show. just had twelve grand, pe twelve thousand people in in the Middle East. I know we have we it's have huge. I think almost ten shows, and they're all growing. So it's hard to find a slot on the calendar when we're not busy. But um, we thought it was a, a good opportunity. We knew it worked for universities in yeah. a, in a good way, and they're the ones that came up with the idea. Um, so. It was it was a bit random, but okay. the, the calendar is busy year-round, so it's never a good time. And I always like to say that do something during AV Week, but if you can't get it together for AV Week, you should be doing something year-round to get involved in the community. Um, mm -hmm. You know, One last thing that's the most obvious is you can get a proclamation issued. I know Listen got the governor of Utah to sign a proclamation declaring it AV Week in the state. Oh, and what cool. that does is it gives you a photo opportunity with, you know, with the governor, and they, they know who you are, and it begins the conversation and the awareness for the role of the AV industry. So 
there are intangible benefits and, and, and others that manifest themselves in bringing people into the industry. Well, and this kind of goes back to something that we've talked about, and, and Don Mead, uh, one of the people that, that, that's been on this more than once, and, and she's a part of, of Gary Kay's uh, group. Um, she's been talking about this for quite a bit, quite a long time about, you know, kind of proselytizing, you know, the industry and going out and evangelizing. Uh, and this right. is just another great way to do that. Yep. She has been in, on board with AV Week for years as well. Yeah, Don's great. Yeah. Everyone who does participate comes back because they see the benefit. They It creates such good morale in your company and in your community. People do it. It's definitely worth the investment of time. And the best way to see it, are um, check out our website afterwards. We will post all the pictures um, of the events, and you'll just see all the goodwill that's created. And it's, it's just great. I, I just wish more people would participate, but we certainly – give everybody the opportunity and and we will keep this going right, and that's, that website is is avweek.org is that right that's right okay awesome okay thank you very much cheryl thank you very much all right have a good day all right signing off all bye right. ciao ciao actually it is a really good program and the um the the oh now you talk well, come on. Like, wait, you said, do I have any questions? I have no okay. questions. Okay. a commentary. Not Go to ahead, split the infinitives George. here, yes. but you know. Um, it is a great package. When, when we did it for Crestron it, uh, the first time, it was a really good help, and it gave us a nice foundation to base stuff off of. Now you talk. All right. Speaking of Crestron, uh, that was a nice segue. They have killed something. Not a squirrel or anything like that. Huh? Frown. Me too, Matt. Here, here's what it is. sad face. Oh well, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> all right. What they killed before we get before I get some in trouble. Um, Crestron has killed the seven-year-old Adagio system, um, according to their press release today. We're announcing the discontinuation, i.e., killing of the AMS and AMS AIP. We'll continue to support any installed systems and fulfill new orders while supplies last. So. If you're a fan of the Adagio system, go out and get one while supplies last. Um, if you can afford it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I can afford it, but it's a nice system, though. I mean, um, it, it is a great system. My question to you guys is, is, first of all, why did they kill it? I mean, I understand, again, back to the press release, it says their Sonics and their Prosize stuff is kind of is, is their next generation. But this sucker was, was a solid audio piece of audio gear, was it not? It was a great piece of audio gear. I think what it comes down to is just them wanting to uh, diversify their market a little bit more. Um, when we look at what they're going forward with, I mean, Adagio kind of fit really good in the in the uh, consumer part uh, of their industry. And uh, with their latest product line, you know, it, it entrenches them a little bit more. I mean, I've never put one in a commercial environment, but I've seen tons of them go in, into the residential, uh, you know, installations without a problem. Yeah, I mean, it, the system is really nicely placed, but they're also then competing with themselves. You've got the Prodigy line, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got the Prodigy line that can actually expand out to almost any of the other lines now with a little interface uh, that they sell. Um, and they're sort of competing against themselves. I mean, the Prodigy line has the ADMS on it, which is that media server system. It's got its own amps. It's got a bunch of Blu-ray player systems that it, uh, that it is made available for it. You're sort of saying, which one am I going for? This middle line thing is placed in a in a position that it's sort of taking away from one or the other. Well, yeah, the Prodigy is- line, I'm sorry, and the Prodigy line is um, 
a little more extensive at this point. Yeah, I mean, when they when they brought this out, you know, seven years ago, I mean, it was like, wow, Crestron's got a really good digital amplifier, you know, that you can do something with, you know, instead of the, the, the piecemeal that, you know, we that you would commonly do, you know, somebody else's amp, their controller, they, 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 they really tried to bring in uh, everything under one roof uh, in a lot of their products. And as systems have progressed, I mean, the Adagio is slowly becoming uh, more and more outdated. You know, it, it didn't have a lot of the, a lot of the features now that we're needing in, in uh, or at least being requested in the consumer market. You know, 3D support, you know, HDMI, you know, all the way up to the current, uh, up to the current specs. And, and you know, uh, a lot of the things that they wanted, you know, balanced audio inputs and outputs and so on. And, and so, I mean, they really uh, decided to, to put something to the market that says, hey, we have a box that serves your needs. Well, it didn't have a lot of the digital stuff, which is what it didn't have. But I, I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen it in commercial, albeit small commercial. I mean, this sucker was seven years ago. Yeah, it was. It was mind blowing. I still think it's still pretty cool for what it does. Yep. I, I can't disagree with that. It's really cool. Um, you know, I'm just happy. Even when they were making it, and I was there at Crushdown when they were making it, they have the the weighted and weighted knobs that just feel so right you like weighted um, knobs i do like weighted <laughs> knobs i'm sorry. sorry i'm gonna have a moment oh, okay thank uh... you um you know but again it is a product line competing with itself that you've got these two sort of entry level slash mid-level lines that can expand out they're competing with each other and it, the prodigy line appears to have a bit more legs under it for going forward Okay, but this is not the really first product that that Crestron or anybody else has had that they're competing with themselves. True, true. I mean, you yeah, technically I... a a Prodigy controller is 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 competing with a Pro Two, albeit you know somewhat in a different arena. But they're still you know they're still both controllers. They're still both control sure. processors. I sure. I mean, you know, there may be other reasons. Who knows? Maybe some part is no longer available. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's... I blame China. <laughs> Just because I want to. No, but the other thing to look at it is, you know, when we're looking at their new, their stuff going forward, I mean, it is an extreme price point to, to get into. I mean, uh, you know, if you want to stick in a ProSize device, you know, you're uh, when you add a controller and you add everything in, I mean, you're looking at, you know, that range of twenty five to $30,000. You know, uh, the Adagio did fit a good price point you know you could get into something without breaking the bank yeah mm. although the and yeah we can go on and on i mean the adms that they offer yeah. for the for the prodigy is far less than that and does a bit of what that does and yeah you know it's and, a market and, thing know, yeah and I, and you know chips get smaller chips get faster and, and it sometimes it makes a, a better thing to say we're just going to go from your box and get rid of the old ones because it's just the manufacturing process of retooling something just doesn't make any sense right and remember that crestron does make everything under the watchful eye of the of the place in Rockville, New Jersey. I mean, it's looked at, tested, redesigned. I mean, they're they're hand building these things basically. Really? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if you ever if you ever take a trip to the campus, that manufacturing plant on uh, in the in the Volvo complex is they're like testing almost every device coming off the line. Wow. So there's a real uh, quality assurance going on in that. Yeah. I mean, it's it if they want to blow up. In their hands before it blows up in your hands, and you know sometimes the magic smoke, you know, doesn't always happen there. It happens in the field, but I mean their their quality control 
is so on the ball. It, it you know, it's just like it reminds me of what Christie does at times. Well, yeah, there there have, there have been very few times where I have taken a a Crestron anything out of the box and it's not worked. Um, very very few times. I think I can count on one hand. So I have a general Crestron question. This might not be for you guys. I might have to. We might have to actually call Crestron up and ask. Um, ever since the release of the whole big 3G chip a year or so ago, um, anybody know why I've only seen one product with it come out? Or am I, am I dreaming? Has there only been one product come out? Well, for DM? No, with the, the 3G processor, the big, the, their big, fancy, smancy, fast new one. Um, I'm not precisely sure why, you know, it's just the one, the one processor. It just, you know, they have their reasons. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure why. I'm just waiting for a Pro 2 to come out with that sucker on it. So, all right. <laughs> <clears throat> I was excited about it, at least. Um, Sidon Khan, which I'm sure more than one person listening to this podcast has gone to one of their training sessions. They have added uh, the uh, 110, Course 110 Transformer Distributed Loud System. Distributed Loud System. See if I can talk today. Uh, to their online cadre of classes. Here's what I th- why I think this is cool. Sinod Khan, first of all, and, and you guys can, can disagree with me if you'd like, I think they're a great resource. Uh, I think their, their in-person training sessions are a great resource, not only for people entering the industry, but also for the old dogs that have, may have forgotten a, a thing or two. However, they're long, and you have to travel to them. And as I'm sure all three of you can attest to, Getting out of the office and going to training sessions isn't exactly easy, is it? Very true, yes. especially in Canada. Well, especially in Canada because you have to go through <laughs> customs. Um, I'm a big fan of, of of Infocom's online academy. Anybody that does stuff online, I'm a big fan of, and I think this is a really cool thing. George, am I wrong? No, I'm I'm absolutely agree with you. Uh, my question is that Infocom does do though as like a CTSI and CTSD, which do require you to go on site and do the test and do the practicals to do the test. And if not this was the... at that level, uh, well, some of it's in class training, and yeah. then you do the two or three days. I mean, and if it, this is at that level, then I see the reason for it. But we're talking the basics of seventy volt systems or how audio works. I want it online because test me and make sure that I can get. You know, quantifiable answers that get say yes, I actually did do this, but making me travel is just not going to work. It really isn't going to work. At, at minimum, give me a Skype version where you have to attend via Skype that I can say, all right, now I've done it. I can go right back to work. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this is this is really good for when you've got, you know, you know, old dogs wanting to learn new tricks, but you know, young guys coming into the industry. I mean, we have very little industry-wide accredited training that you know you can actually do in a school. So when we have web-based training of, from any manufacturer, any you know, uh, body of some sort, this is great because now it's you're you're getting guys somewhat trained because it's an uphill training battle. I mean, the learning curve is extremely steep, and if you don't get it day one, I mean, you're you're floundering. Yeah, completely. It's you know, again, being in Canada, we don't get the local training that you know any of my other you know the business guys that i talk with and hang out with a lot in the states they have local training a lot for a lot of different you know things so for me it's almost always online i do some stuff in class but the majority of it's online and any time that either i can do it or i can send one of my guys that i'm trying to train uh you know just sit them down with a computer and say here here's what 70 volts is learn it it's not that hard and they can do it it's great and the other great thing is, 
what's cheaper? I mean, to set a guy down in front of a computer to learn something or send him halfway across the country, you know, at either a manufacturer's expense or my own expense, plus downtime to learn something, even though it's going to make him a better uh, installer or designer or salesperson, sometimes it's better to have that individual in the office learning something on their own time or, you know, during lunches or whenever you, you set it so that they could be more productive in the office instead of sending them out. Well, yeah, I mean, downtime well, still it costs is a, you money, doesn't it? Oh, it has. Oh, always. Yeah. But, but it's it, a fine line because you need someone to say, is this person really learning and really dedicating themselves to doing this? Or is the employer or the manager saying, you're doing that, yeah, 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 but, you know, I need you to do this first. Come over here and do this. Okay, you can go back now. Wait, wait, I need you to do something. And getting you separated from that work environment. I mean, we've all had this experience where we work from home and you go, man, I get a lot done when I'm working at home. I just pound it out. Nobody's interrupting me. Yeah. There is a validity to that. But on an ongoing education-wise, again, my, my statement, if it's a really high level, yes. But if it's basics, it just it's not – the ROI doesn't work. The other side to me, though, too, is as much as, you know, when they're on site or, – or sorry, when they're, you know, in your office and just sitting at a computer and doing it, the other plus for me is that, A, if they have a question that, you know, they're, they're learning something and it's like, you know what, Matt doesn't do it like this. Why doesn't Matt do it this way? They can, you know, pause whatever training they're taking and come and say, hey, you know, how come it's saying this? And I cannot think of an example, of course. But, you know, how come it's saying this and you do it this way and say, well, you know, the way we're getting there is different or whatever. We can kind of put, not put our two cents in, but make sure that whatever they're learning is also going to gel with the way that we do things well, and the okay. way that, you know, we install. And I'm really grasping at it. Control example. system processing, control system programming would be one way. Would yeah, be one example exactly. Of because I've been told from from more than one control manufacturer. Because um, I've, I've had discussions with these guys because this is kind of what I do and, and on the side, and, and I'm like, you know, am I doing this right? And the answer always is, does it work? Or the question back to me is, does it work? And I said, well, yeah, it works. Well, then you're doing it right. Exactly. You know, it, it's 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 painting. It's, it is there, there, there's an art to this. And as long as it does what you want it to do, then you're doing it right. Now, they probably have a set way of showing you how to do that. And so when your employee is learning it, they may say, you know, Matt doesn't do it this way. I wonder why. And you can say, you know what? I, I've been doing this for X number of years. I've just kind of got – I found that my way is quicker for me. You know, start with the way that they show you, and then you'll find, you know, different trips and tips and tricks and, and shortcuts, you know, along yeah, the way. exactly. And it, it's one of those things I know – one thing that we have seen it with is I have a certain way that I like to rack my gear. There's just, you know, some people do it differently. Some people stack to, you know, different devices in different orders, whatever. You don't put the but, amp on top, do you? No. Okay, good. Never. <laughs> I, was, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> but I know people that do. And that's, you know, that's that exact thing is I know those guys that are like, no, 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 you got to the rack. The amps got to go at the top. It's like, really? Are you sure? Well, that's the way I do it. Well, that's great. But this is how we do it here. We go this way, the bottom up, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, again, is it right or wrong? Yes, <laughs> sure it's wrong. That. I know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exactly saying the whole amp on top thing. But, you but know, you'll have people rationalize that to you. Exactly. Yes, and that, that's the whole thing where I hate when, you know, we send somebody off and they come back and like, you know what? I learned this in X manufacturer's training. You've been doing it wrong. It's like. Yeah. Okay. And where we find it really bad is we are like I work in Canada. All our residential stuff pretty much is in Canada. We have different stipulations and different rules that uh, you know 
factor into the way we design systems, the way we install systems that say you made George in New York or you guys made down in Missouri or wherever you're working, there are different rules. And what we see a lot of times is some of the U.S. manufacturers who are not as uh, you know, big in Canada don't do as much. They don't necessarily always understand some of the things that we have to deal with. Well, I'll give you one even, you know, this is kind of you're sending your kid off to school thing. It's not that they learn something different from the manufacturer, but at dinner one night, they were, we were talking with another integrator, and they learned this great new trick that they want to try out in, in your area, and it yeah. is exactly up to code. So Exactly. It's like, you know, you can't do that here. And it, like one of the biggest things we see it with is lighting control. For most places, you can go and swap switches. You know, a lot of my integrators who are Lutron or Crestron guys, they just have their guys go in and swap switches. And it's okay. It's legal. For us here, we can't do that. We can't even take the – we're not supposed to take the cover off the box. Seriously? Seriously. Why? Because as so, soon as we expose those screws, an electrician is supposed to be on site. Yeah, and that, that, and that you know, that's a state-to-state state thing and a province-to-province province thing too because I used yeah. to work in Alberta. Oh, and, and, you know, it's like – as long as it wasn't a union job, do whatever the heck you want, you know. And as long as it meets code, that's you're Adrian okay. Lloyd. Adrian. <laughs> well, there, there, there's a lot of things, you know, when we talk about low voltage and, and high voltage, and uh, you know, you'll, you know, if you're working in St. Louis, this is local number one, you know, IBW. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything without their say so, you right. know. And and you know if you need a hole drill, well that's not an electrician's job. That's that's you know that's a that's a you know someone who does millworking or, or or who's a laborer. So you know you have to understand the codes you're in, the jurisdictions you're in, and as soon as you've got that, life is easy. Yeah. You know, and it also depends on the size of the project. Little projects, you may not have some of those headaches you have to worry about. Oh, completely, completely. All right. Well. Uh, with us this week is George Tucker. He's from uh, World Stage. Matt Scott's with us. He is our international correspondent. Not really, but it sounds cool. And Thank you. Also, I like it. Adrian Boyd from St. Louis. Um, I'm a badge. From- <laughs> you need a teletype machine in the back. From CNET. Uh, this is uh, this is one of the um, kind of really stories. Uh, it says wireless execs see connected devices as the next big thing. They they are talking about a couple of uh, a group of wireless execs. One was uh, Lori from AT and T. Another was Bill Davidson from Qualcomm. And they're like, hey, you know, the, all your devices being connected is going to be what's what's really kind of driving stuff. I read this and I was like, okay, yeah. So this is something I read three three years ago in the AV industry press because we're talking about connecting my adagio system or, or connecting my tv and stuff like that uh george are these guys kind of getting late to this game and saying hey you know you have to include us too or is this something that uh, that i'm missing well i think seriously that um they sort of saw the opportunity years ago and it just wasn't enough headway to do it and then comes out the kindles and the ipads and all those things and they went Ah, see, now they're doing it. We need to get on that. I mean, wasn't that the dream of WiMAX? To have a single (laughs) device that would let you, say, watch your movie on the train or bus or whatever. And the minute you got home and walked in the door, it would turn on the TV and instantly transmit that data to the TV. So you had a larger screen if you wanted. That was the dream because WiMAX would be both in the house and and outside the house. And you could have this seamless network. I think that's what they're looking for. Uh, They also are looking a little also RANs right now since they 
weren't the ones who got it to happen. Exactly. But it's, it's a wide market, so they might just be able to get stuff. Although I still don't see why my refrigerator will be on wireless to tell me something. I just don't no. That one it. can be wired because oh, then well, they, they, <laughs> I mean, if you remember back in in what two thousand, three com came out with a little box. It was supposed to be the you know its version. You know, it was like the the first iPad if you could think about it, and it was supposed to be an internet connected device and it could do all these great things. It talked to your fridge, and it talked to your you know pharmacy. You know, it would do all that stuff. It's just, and they've been talking about this, this same type of technology for the last 10 years. And I think a lot of it has come down to we just haven't had the bandwidth really to do it. Well, that is you know, kind of the wired whole thing, wirelessly. Yeah. It is, is the bandwidth. There's another story we have in that kind of, that kind of dovetails into this uh, about the number of wireless devices and, and wireless accounts. There are more wireless accounts than there are people in the U.S., and think about that for a second. I mean, it, yes, it's, it's more than possible. There's, there's there was it, 327 million uh, wireless accounts. And, and if you have an iPad and an iPhone, well, there's two of them right there. Um, well, how many times have you seen someone walk around with a BlackBerry and a cell phone at the same time? Yeah, I carry three <laughs> cell phones almost on a daily basis. Yeah, but you don't count. You're in Canada. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're crazy. You're crazy. It's one phone or none. My you crazy God. Canadians. Well, no, it's just... The next me. thing you know, you're going to be putting mouse in bottles trying to get free beer. Come on. <laughs> Very nice, George. Oh, no, he's going to tell you he's got a pager. Yeah. Ooh. You know, somehow a two-way I can't pager. miss the pager. Who missed the pager? Lucky you. I'll catch up. I'll get one. Yeah, and, uh, and, and real pay phones. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um... Has anybody ever used the the uh, the Live View systems or heard of it? Heard of it? Yes, they used them uh, for the hurricane up here in New York. They uh, sent those people, the reporters, everywhere, and just used the dual wireless ba- backpack mm-hmm. or the cellular backpack to transmit from like down on the beach, then back up to another location. They didn't even send a truck; they just had a car and they drove exactly. them out there. What the, what this reminds me of, and the story is that NBC is starting to use more of these. Uh, they're sending them out with the reporters that are covering all the different candidates, all all the different locations. Uh, this to me sounds like uh, something that has been going on for a few years. Slingbox, if if any you guys remember that, they have something um, where you can send video, and, and it started out being just your um, TV stuff, and you could you could watch it on your on your computer. But before uh, Live View, there were reporters. Basically, using a cell phone connection, their actual cell phone, and a sling box uh, in their car, and doing just exact this exact same thing. And now LiveView has kind of streamlined that, streamlined that, and they're using this to uh, basically do what George said. You know, you're using WiMAX, you're using Wi-Fi, any kind of internet connection you can get, and it's it's a truck in your backpack, basically. Yeah, Leo yeah. Laporte used something like this uh, during his live twits during. Um the the concerts down in Austin, yeah, yeah, and I mean NBC had really good success with this when they were doing the Olympics too, so I mean I think that's kind of they're looking at saying you know this worked when we you know we had major broadcasting you know half a world away, why can't we make this work here, and and you know that's why you're seeing the uptick in the in the device it worked well somewhere else and and they're saying hey we can do this cheaper we can do this better instead of sending that microwave truck around or the satellite truck and the satellite truck yeah that's the thing is the satellite truck is is I mean. I have a few friends in broadcast, and I know, I know exactly how much space on a satellite is to rent on a monthly basis. I mean, you could probably pay for two or three of these in, in one month's worth of rent on a, on a bird. Oh, easily. 
Yeah, and, you know, and these things don't break as often as, you know, say a satellite truck or even, you know, a microwave truck. You know, if those things go down, you know, you're looking at some downtime and, you know, lots of angry people. You know, when these boxes go down, it's, oh, let's just get another one, throw in the backpack and go. Mm -hmm. Um, Couple of, of, what was I thinking moments here, guys? Uh, Netflix has already killed Quickster. (laughs) Uh, Probably because the Twitter account was some messed out cartoon is my, is my theory on that. Uh, you know, I don't know why they did this in the first place. When you know, uh, my my spouse, she's she's in marketing, and she looked at it, she says, "Are these guys nuts?" Because they had a, such an established brand. You know what Netflix is? It's ubiquitous with anything streamed or in the mail. Oh, I'll just get Netflix, or I'll just yeah. do this. So why change the name? Where everyone's going, what the heck is that? You know, you you lost tons of market share as soon as people started doing that, and when they even changed their pricing, you know, they were losing people left, right, center. Yeah, but I can understand changing pricing. I understand that costs go up and down, but you're right. Why why try to diversify yourself and try to basically reinvent yourself with a whole new brand and a whole new it, name? It, it's it, like it's like the new Coke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me – no, I was just going to say it reminded me a lot of um, – I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years back. Ford decided to change the name of their Taurus, which they had had for something like 35, 40 years as their mainstay full-size family sedan. They tried to change it to the 500, and it lasted all of two years, and people wouldn't buy it because they had no idea what a 500 was. Even though it was a Taurus, they connected with that name, and just as you said, why would you – I have no idea – who the genius was behind, hey, let's change the name to something no one knows. Reed Hastings. Yeah. I don't know him personally, so I don't want to call him, you know, an idiot. But it, somebody somebody should have been fired for that. Big time. Well, now, why did they do the separation is the first question we have to ask. And I think part of it is what they can offer in delivery in the different mediums. The streaming doesn't have all of the newest stuff, nor do they have the licensing from those uh, movie providers to do that on the streaming. I mean, your choice of movies on the streaming version of Netflix is not the same as what you can get from well, the no. DVD and the mail stuff. It's not. You should so have I think, the choice of streaming in but, Canada. Okay. <laughs> but, but they were, they comes were back trying to, to separate the two. Now, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you that it was a dumb move. Ring the bell. There's one right there. Um, but they were trying to separate, I believe, the brands and what the service offerings are because they're not the same. You can't swap one for the other and get the exact same stuff. You just can't. Okay, yeah, so here's, here's a crazy thing. I think like that's what they were trying to do. All right, but here, here's, here's a crazy idea. So leave it alone. Okay, increase the price. Again, I get it. Cost increased. The, the, the price of bandwidth increased. I, I get that whole thing. So keep them. The, their interface and the way that they presented their product to their customer and the customer experience was the same. When I went on, I had an only streaming uh, account. I still have an only streaming account because I have a three and a five year old, and I don't need somebody else's DVDs for them to play with frisbees. Um, but so, but when I went when I logged on, I understood the movies that I'm I'm looking at. I'm only being given the ones that are streaming. Um, when somebody else had a dual account, let's say, well, they were given a different set of, of, of a different library to look at. What I guess is why fix what's not broken? Because they, they weren't yeah, losing I, market share. 
No, I suppose not. But I think there was a, there was a confusion where you read some of the the forums where people were very upset that they couldn't get the newest run movie on their streaming because all I do is streaming, you know. And again, there's arguments both sides. My preference would have been yes, change the name, do it over six months to twelve months. Netflix streaming will become Quickster because mm. of the following. And you brand that and do the bumpers and you do all the things you need to do on the streaming version to get that name acquaintance and the connection. And then you transition it and no one's shocked. Okay, and but six yeah. months down the line, after everyone's exhausted themselves with yelling about it, they go, okay. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> and, and this, this is more from a business standpoint. Why would I spend the money to do that? Because that's going to cost an awful lot of energy and an awful lot of money to rebrand myself when again you know yeah i get some people who didn't quite understand were upset but the people who got it that would be me um understood you know what i i get i i understand there are limitations i'm not going to go out and i'm not going to rent thor or i'm not going to stream thor or another you know summer blockbuster you know i'll have to wait until it's in in december or january that's fine i get that you know so i think it comes down to you know Yes, it would have cost them a lot of money to do it, but proper business sense would have promoted that. And I think one of the issues Netflix has kind of had is they're kind of a, you know, they are a proper business. I don't want to say they're not a proper business, but they're a proper business that's, you know, a tech business. And some of the cutting edge tech companies always seem to think that they're Facebook and they can just do whatever they want because they're, you know, the fancy new tech business and we don't have to play by the same rules. But as George said, if they had rolled this out over six months, by the time it actually hit, nobody would have cared. It, mm. it just would have happened, and everyone would have been like, oh, so have you got your Quickster yet? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, right. No. And we have no idea what their plans are to expand that separate service. There may have been some business plan to say, then we'll add this part that we can't possibly even match on the hard disk side. Yeah, da, 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 da. I mean, look, you still have people who don't understand when they do an off-air HD antenna that they don't get their cable channels. So, <laughs> well, Stop you making know, fun of my father like that. Right now, it's, when we look at media <laughs> as all, it's really struggling. You've got the Hollywood studios going, okay, what do you mean you want to get this now? I mean, it just kind of pigeonhole into this. It was Universal just back down from a major – they were going to offer one of their – um, you know, blockbuster releases as a same day, you know, viewing as the theaters for like $60 on direct TV or, 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 um, or dish. And they just backed down from that because a whole bunch of the, of their, you know, theater operators said, no, you can't do this to us. So we've okay. got companies like Netflix, we've got companies like Hulu and Ruko and, and all of these, how can I get my content? I want my content. Now we're getting on different devices and all over the place. And, the content producers are struggling. Well, how do we make this work? How do we make it as a revenue generator for us? Because it's all about revenue. Yeah. How are we going to make money? I mean, Hulu just said, oh, we're not selling to anybody. They just backed down after they had, you know, Google and, and uh, Netflix and Yahoo and, you know, all these people saying, hey, we, you know, you want to sell? And they just said, no, we're not going to. I mean, that just happened within the last couple of days. So, I, you know, Netflix was looking at, how are we going to make money uh, off of doing the streaming? Because the Hollywood studios are beginning to push back on how we can get content. If you remember a few years back, they had an enormous pushback from Warner Brothers saying, well, you're not going to get your DVDs right away because it's getting into our video on demand market. It's getting into our, yep. our, you know, other places and it's, you know, our general sales from Best Buy or, you know, or who's ever selling DVDs. 
it's it's a, it's the struggle that this industry has right now with getting content to where people want it and they want it now. We're kind of in spoiled. Well, and, and I don't think we're, we're spoiled. I think this is kind of where we're going. And there, there's something um, in, in, in dealing with media and media theory that's called functional displacement. And, and the nut version of that is as technology moves forward, something comes along to replace something else. And the Internet in and of itself is replacing an awful lot of things and the way an awful lot of things work, including how we get our content, when we get our content, and where we get our content. And the, the faster that the media companies understand that, grasp a hold of it, and can figure out a way to make money, I think they're going to make the end user very happy. I don't know that it's going to be in, in our lifetime, but probably our kids and our grandkids. Eventually, when it comes to our kids and our grandkids, they will be able to watch Spider-Man 15 on their iPhone the day it comes out. They have to. Yeah, and as soon as they find a way to monetize that properly that all parties are happy with, it'll be there. Yes. And, and we'll be there. Okay, like, so, know- so, so 10 years ago, Napster was a huge thing. The reason Napster was a huge thing was because I can get my, my entire library and share my friend's library. I can get all of my music on my computer. It wasn't, it wasn't huge because it was illegal. It was huge <laughs> because it's what I wanted. When iTunes came out, I more than happily paid for the music that I was downloading, but it was the fact that I wanted it in a in a computer format, not on a CD somewhere. Exactly. It's yeah. It's yeah. yeah we've had this discussion before. It's choice this of me content off. over. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. Deep breath. Deep breath. In with the bad. George, talk to me about setting yeah. my own satellite up in space. <laughs> I love this article. I, just because I know you do. That's why I'm having you do it. It's like uh, I can't think of a really good reason why I would do this, but I want to do it. <laughs> right? I mean, I'd love to be able to transmit something or, you know, be able to just have my Sputnik moment going, hey, my satellite's going over. That's cool. Yeah, my, uh, my little piece of the sky. Why name a and star then it comes after crashing to the yourself earth. when you can – Go ahead. Well, it's very small, though. It's way too thin, dude. It's not going to be a problem. All right. right. (laughs) Um, But, you know, think about this, though. You've got all those rocketeers out in, like, uh, you know, when you watch the Discovery Channel, the guys who do these huge rockets that are almost getting orbit. Yeah. This is really cool. You could, with this, you can send in your own. You can do your own weather satellite. How about that? Localized weather. Really localized weather. There you go, man. and you know, there's ways of using it. Maybe there's you know even options for very private in-house networks. I mean, look, the first real communication satellite was a big balloon they launched into space to bounce radio waves off of, right? Yep. You could have something of that nature. You know, the hacker in me likes this going, you can't control the airwaves. I just sent my own satellite up, and I'm calling point to point to whoever else I have that can do that. I don't know. Until it you know goes out of orbit and you can't see it. I mean, this is great. I mean, yeah, but it's a buck fifty, so you send another one out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, you know, you, you can get kids more interested in. Hey, look, now you can you can do something interesting. We can build this in a science class. You know, we partner with a hobby rocketeer group and we send these things up. And now, look, kids, look, we can we can go send messages just just to you know another part of the class or another part of the world. And we're doing all this wirelessly and we're making these little things ourselves. This is cool. I mean, the, the the hobbyist market has exploded in the last couple of years of these neat little projects. Oh, yeah. I think it's great just to see people continue to, you know, challenge what they can do and just expand stuff. 
I, I just think it's cool. I probably won't be with George sending up my own little satellite, though. <laughs> you know, that's what we should do. Instead of using Skype for this show, we should just all send up our own Buck 50 satellites. Yeah, George, if you could make me one, that would be great. <laughs> Meanwhile, we have a little knock at our door with a couple of agents dressed in black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Canada. They'd be wearing red. Oh, gee. And a big brimmed hat and on a, yep. on a mount, uh, mounted on a horse. With yeah. a lance. <laughs> With Nell on their back. Oh, man. And if you get that one, oh. I'll be impressed. All right. Um, help, we have a, help me. All right. Um, we have a new market for Matt since he's the only integrator here. Um, yes. It is the old people market. I you say know, that lovingly. You do. You do. Uh, it's it's careful uh, where you point that comment, huh? Well, you know, we're, we're what am I saying? We're all old guys. Um, what it is, yourself, is, gentlemen? Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Sorry. You you got Thank the you. Nell joke, so you're you're old. I know. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> this is the uh, the one of the newest <laughs> AV markets. It's it's retrofitting um, elderly people, seniors' homes. Uh, not for nothing, but you know what? There's been more than one article written about the graying of America. And you have people who are technically seniors now. Uh, people who were who came out of the 60s, for crying out loud, are retiring. And they're not young. They're, 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 they're not old in their mind. Um, they're retiring, but they're still as young and vibrant. There are some limitations that they have. And so, hey, guys, here's an opportunity for you to go in and put some automation system is in, in for them to make their lives a little easier. Is this something interesting, Matt, or is am I? No, no, no. It, it's definitely something interesting. It's honestly something that we've been, we've been slowly getting into over the last year or so and have yet to fully develop like a true marketing plan for it, but it's something that we're working on. Um, we've seen some great experience with it uh, in the lighting control realm because we can go into a senior's home Sorry, that's not a senior's home, senior's home, but a older person who's still living at home. Um, we can go into their house and install some lighting control that's going to make their life easier and safer. You know, it's one of those things where the great lead-in for us is that we can pop in, you know, and put in, you know, some hallway stuff, some bathroom stuff. So when they get up in the middle of the night, they have an easy view, you know, to their bathroom or, or wherever they're going, whatever they're doing. And again, it's one of those things that a couple years ago, no one thought that this was a, an actual market that you could capitalize on. And a lot of these boomers and whatnot, they have some, you know, some disposable income. So it's, it's a very good market. And now that they're home, uh, like I know we have one client, he's 80 something and we put in a real nice little home theater system for him in his family room because all he does now is watch TV. You know, he goes out and does his little chores and, uh, you know, other things he, he does. But the big part of his life is that he loves watching History Channel. So we gave him a beautiful little system that allows him to do that. And, again, this is a market that, as I said, you know, three or four years ago, we never even considered. We never even thought of. Um, we, you know, usually stopped trying to sell to people that were, you know, 65 plus because they weren't doing it. And now – as they're all retiring and hitting that age, this is stuff that they like. This is stuff that they do a lot of. And, you know, when we look at the lighting control aspect of it, it's stuff that makes their life safer. 
Well, that, there, there is that too. I mean, you know, and, and these guys, like I said earlier, these guys are retiring, still vibrant, and <laughs> this is not a bad thing, Matt. They still have money to spend, unlike well, exactly. the 20s and 30s. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it, it is a very valid point. Um, they do have, you know, and again, not everybody who's a senior has a boatload of money, and not everyone who's a senior is going to spend a boatload of money. But there is a very large portion, a very large population that has money to spend, that is sitting in a bank, and you know what? They're getting to the point where, hey, I'd much rather you know, know that if I fall asleep watching Judge Duty, you know, at night before I go to bed and I wake up at 2 in the morning, that my lights are still going to be on and, you know, dim, but enough that I'm not going to fall down the stairs as I head to the bedroom. Yeah. It's those kind of applications which, you know, when we sell them like that and when we market them like that, they become a very, you know, nothing's an easy sell, but they become a very effective and uh you know, just a new market for a lot of integrators. Becomes an easier sell. How about that? It is. Yeah. It's definitely an easier sell. And what's interesting is we're, when we're talking about, you know, people who are aging, we look at new technology, a lot of it is they just don't get it. And, and you know, there are some that do and there are some that don't, and they kind of need that assistance. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the the, uh, the webcam video of the, of the elderly couple uh, trying to figure out how to turn the webcam on, and meanwhile it's recording them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know. And again, that's, you know, a lot of the, especially the, the 20 to 30 year olds, most of them are, or a lot of them are DIY guys. They don't mind talking to us, but a lot of it they want to do themselves. And when you, when you do hit this, this senior market, they don't want to do anything. They just want to pick up a remote, hit watch TV and have the lights come down or, or, or you know, whatever's going on, have the TV turn on, have the screen come down and allow them to do whatever they want to do. They They just want it to work. Yeah, Yeah. they just want it to work. They don't care what you put in. You know, they don't care. They don't care about the specs. They just want it to work. And, you know, they have the money to do that. So it's it's a great market. And I think it's it's kind of underserved at this point. You're listening to AV. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Nice. See, you know. See, 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 we're gonna we're gonna increase your editing skills. That's what we're gonna do. You're gonna be a really talented editor. Um, CE Pro has been talking about this for a while, uh, off and on. But the one thing I was thinking about about a year or so ago when I started seeing some of the uh, the rumblings of the senior market is that this could very well be the holy grail in mass market acceptance we've been all looking for. Because once the seniors want to do it, and they are that mass baby boomer generation that has a lot of potentially wealthy or you know of income people then their siblings or their their younger set and children will want to have it as well once they see it at mom and dad's it could very well be the holy grail yeah definitely it's it's one of those markets where because you know a lot of the the boomers who are more you know from a professional background they're all used to things just working they're not like even my dad my dad used to be a lawyer um, was a very good lawyer but he always had secretaries. So he never like he doesn't know how to go into a bank and talk to somebody behind a counter because he's never done that. He's always sent someone in or had the bank manager come to him. So he's exactly that type of market who all they want is they don't care what it is. They just want it to work with as little involvement from them as possible. Yeah. And that's where, you know, again, you can sell automation, you can sell lighting control. 
you can sell whole home systems because that's what they want. And the simpler you make it, the easier it is. Oh, definitely. But that's what we want to do. You know, that's as an integrator, that is my number one goal is I want to essentially install the most complicated system that is the easiest to use. I want to install something that allows them to do whatever they want to do. It doesn't matter. We can do it, but you'll be able to do it from just one button or two buttons or, you know, whatever it is. If you even have to push something. Yeah. All right, you're listening to AV Week. With us this week is Adrian Boyd. Uh, he is from Vector Sketch here in St. Louis. Matt Scott's with us. He is our our uh, international guy up there in uh, London, Ontario. And, of course, George Tucker from uh, Long Island, New York. Uh, this is from the <laughs> Pittsburgh. Was that a bad New York no, accent? No, it, no, it was okay. Is that what you're saying? It was all right. George? It sounded just like it, although I'm actually in Long Island City, Queens. But that's, you know, what's, what's, what's the, the difference? You're from New York. I'm from St. Louis. <laughs> All y'all are from New the York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't say that in New York. Actually, there's, you know There's I, people who argue the point that if you're not from Manhattan, you're not from New York, all right? So, right. you know. This is a stupid story. But when I, when I first started in radio, I, I had the chance to uh, interview for WINS in Astoria, New York. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I had no idea where the heck Astoria, New York was. And when I <laughs> looked, I'm like, well, why the freak don't you just say New York? So, anyhow. No, it's Astoria. It's Astoria. Astoria. Wins, wins. 10 uh, 10 wins, actually. Um, yep. This is from uh, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. This is a very cool story. What it is, is a, a gentleman who has had a motorcycle accident a few years ago. He's a paraplegic. Uh, he, the, between um, the uh, University of Pittsburgh researchers and, and, and he were working together, he has an artificial arm that he controls with his brain. Uh, some of you may be wondering why we're talking about this on an AV show. My initial jump, and you guys can tell me I'm crazy, um, that's a really cool Crestron controller. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it, I'm happy for him, but that's a really cool Crestron controller. Wow. Are you be the first one to line up to get the plug in the head? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. Well, you know, if you've read the article, they I, it, did have to go put electrodes in his brain. Mm-hmm. It has to touch his little, you know, yep, little crinkles. Yeah. That is uh, a step towards uh, doing some of that stuff, definitely. Although, I have to say, one of the first thoughts I had about with that is, now he can drink his beer on his own. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. But I mean, it, it, well, I had is... other thoughts, but they're not family friendly. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> this does have a clean rating on it. Oh my! Again, it is. It, yes. You know, it's like anything else where every advancement they make in any of these realms just opens more, more of the world to what we can do down the road. You know. Well, yeah, this dovetails into that um, the other article, the E Times article about the um, um, little sensor that uh, Plessy Semiconductors is making. Yes, that yeah. you have near field uh, control with these little little tags. Well, really and that's cool. kind of the, the, like the the uh, the micros the uh, three hundred and sixty um, connect. Thank you, <laughs> connect. Uh, no problem. Okay, um, controller that 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 you can see all over YouTube. You know where you've got the gestures and and everything. So. 
Well, but this one's more of an electronic, though. It's an actual sort of RFID kind of concept where as you move through the environment, this little device, as applied directly to a piece of clothing or directly to your own skin, will allow you to control certain things. Uh, and I believe it has a very good tie-in to, say, the one we just talked about with the mechanical arm in the, in the brain. You start to connect those two. I mean, aren't those those games as well that they sell, like, in the really esoteric kids' ma uh, toys magazines where you put the little helmet on your head and control the, the floating ball oh, yeah. with oh, yeah. uh, how you yeah. concentrate? I mean, you know, how far away are we really from, you know, not having to worry about gestures but just squinting my eye or thinking about it and the door opens? I think we're getting closer and closer. I mean, this is... What we're seeing now is really the, the closer merging of technology with who we are as individuals. You know, it's getting closer all the time. You know, you're, you're seeing guys put webcams in their head because they can. You know, they're hooking themselves oh, I saw up. that. There was that artist. Yeah, he lost an eye. He put a webcam, you know, in his eye socket, <laughs> and he was recording stuff. You're now allowing people who are blind being able to see. You know, you're, you know I, just recently was the, the woman who was deaf who just had, you know, she had a new implant put in, heard her voice for the first time. You know, technology and AV, we've been talking about the merging. It's getting closer and closer and closer, and we're, you know, people's lives are changing. You, you know, it's the funny thing is I used to have an employer says, we're not saving lives here, but we are now starting to. We're changing people's lives with how technology is interacting with them. My God, we're Cylons. <laughs> Oh, I want. Never mind. <laughs> I was gonna go down a, a, a not so family friendly path too, with number six. All right. Uh, um, uh, is your ISP doing one of these five evil things? I know that yes. mine is. <laughs> uh, in St. Louis, you have two choices, eh, maybe three. Um, one is AT and T, one is Charter, and the other one might be a mom and pop. Um, who? Century Tell is probably the third choice, depending on where you are in the same. Depending on where you are, yeah. yeah. George, you have who? Comcast and probably Time Warner? Indeed, yeah. Yeah. And Matt, you uh, don't cable have any. As cable well. vision. Matt doesn't have any because he's in Canada. Wow. No, <laughs> oh, actually, Canada. That's, that's rough. No. Well, you know, I, I had to wind up the monkey and get a monkey on the wheel to get my net to work. So, thank you. You know. Just continue oh, to that's the tin <laughs> flapping sound I hear. Yes, oh. yes. That's what it is. It's his feet. Just running. <laughs> Just running like a beast. But, uh, yeah, thanks for <laughs> encouraging the stigma. What? what <laughs> who do you have? <laughs> we have we have Rogers uh, Cable. We have uh, Bell Phone. And we have a couple of, again, just smaller resellers. Yeah. But those are the two big ones, and they're doing pretty much all five of these. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. One is, I think that, that most people are doing this. It's the uh, improper next domain handling. Basically, if you go to a wrong address, they'll send you to, you know, an ad holder. Check. Yeah, well, where, where they're selling ads and <laughs> making money. Oh, yeah. Check. Yeah. Got that one. Let's yep. see. Clickstream checking... But, you know, you can get rid of this by changing your DNS server. Yes, you can. In your router? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I use OpenDNS because I got sick and tired of Charter doing a redirect on me all the time. And even though you can opt out, it doesn't always take. So you can change your DNS settings to, like, OpenDNS, which gives you far more control over how you're handling some of your network traffic. You know, how you're 
doing sites. What's great about it is I've got little kids, and I can block off things that I don't want them seeing. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, we use um, – I use a lot of the Google, uh, which some people may view as the next just evil, but um, <laughs> I use a lot of the Google servers to do that same thing, get around everything, because here they try and lock you down very, very well. Another one is ad swapping. I don't know what this is. Do you guys? I mean, I know what it sounds like, but I don't know technically what it is. I, I, I don't think I've run across it, but I mean, you know, nothing's to put it past them. <laughs> and of course we have this because, uh, you know, of the Patriot Act, the uh, rolling over your information to governments and content creators. So, Yeah, and that's, that's one of the really big things here is that supposedly uh, they're giving all of our information to anybody who asked for it. Yeah. Yeah, which is wonderful. It's awesome. Yeah. Although there's one on here that they don't mention, and uh, the Canada guys, Matt. Yeah. Um, wasn't Rogers also called out for um, throttling back extensively the bandwidth, oh, yeah. especially on gamers and stuff? Yeah, if you were a heavy user, they've been throttling really bad. I know personally, I believe I pay for, uh, I either have 10 or 16 down and four up. And I get a average of maybe four down and one and a half up. And every time I raise it with them, it's, it's well, network conditions, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I like probably most of you guys, I do. I work all day long and all night long half the time, and there's no difference for me as a heavy user. You know, I'm a big Netflix guy. I'm a big uh, streaming, web, everything, live my life online kind of guy. And, uh, yeah, they, they throttle pretty bad. Which would be on an evil point score of about at least 5.5 out of 6. It's mm -hmm. just, it's, oh, for me, on, it's it huge. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't stand the fact. And, you know, the downside here is we're much more regulated and much more uh, stringent uh, with all of our information here that say, you know, you guys are down in the cell. We really don't have any options. Not that, you know, listening to you guys having two or three, but I pay probably double what any of you guys pay for the same amount of, you know, space. I think when they, they were doing a bunch of government stuff on it this year, uh, there was a bunch of protests and whatnot. And I believe that we're paying on average, something like $10 a, no, sorry, $30 a gigabyte for something that's cost, costing Rogers something like three and a half, four cents a gigabyte. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's like, it's ridiculous. But again, we have no one else to go to. Well, let me ask you guys this, because I, you know, if, if, if there's an end user out there that doesn't know how to do this, you're saying that you're getting so many up and so many down. If I'm paying for a package, how the heck do I know that what I'm getting? You know, you can you can do like a speed test, and that yeah. usually give you a pretty good idea. Um, I ran into this. Uh, we were paying for, you know, bandwidth we weren't getting. We couldn't figure out why we weren't getting the bandwidth. We had, you know, Charter come out and check everything out. They even went uh, to the main boxes, and they said they had fiber. And I go, why well, don't I have fiber to my house? And that was another story. But <laughs> we after we started testing everything in the system, we found out that my internal, uh, uh, my switch router just couldn't handle the bandwidth and there were no firmware updates for it. So I basically had to replace all my infrastructure, you know, to get the bandwidth I was paying for. Yeah. 
now I'm getting the bandwidth. But, you know, it could be, you know, a lot of these situations, you know, if you're doing a little bit more than just, you know, your cable modem in one computer or a cable modem in a WAP in your house, you may not have the infrastructure to support a lot of the bandwidth that you're paying for. So it would be a good idea to go online and do a speed test. And do a speed test. And then yeah. if you're not getting it, start escalating. Yeah. Yeah. You're paying for it. Oh, yeah, completely. It's one of those things where, unfortunately, most users have no idea, A, what they're paying for, and B, what yeah. they should be getting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not uncommon at all for us to go into, you know, customers' homes and try to hook up to something and go, wow, is your Wi-Fi or your bandwidth or, or whatever, is your net always this slow? Yeah, this is normal. I'm like, can I see, you know, can I see one of your bills and those sorts of bills? I'm like, wow, you should be much faster than this. And a lot of times, especially here, we'll find out that it's due to the, you know, supplier's modem, whatever they've given us is something that A, has been throttled, B, is usually not adjustable. We can't get in there and do anything to it. Uh, but see that a lot of it is just very, very old gear, stuff that's not capable of running you know, the speeds that a lot of people are paying for and thinking that they're getting. Yeah. 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 Especially if you're paying for your own hardware, which a lot of the, you know, ISPs do buy, you know, you rent your modem from them. Yeah. Yep. You know, never rent, go buy your own, you know, because number one, you can pick what you want and you may get a little more power than what they're giving you. Yeah. And then also your, you know, the router that you're picking, make sure you pick a good one. So, <laughs> all right, guys, anybody else have anything? The only thing that I was a little surprised that you know, didn't bring up to cover was uh, RIMS kind of crash and burn this week with their uh, their email and messaging service. Who? Did this not affect RIM, BlackBerry? Did this not affect Research in Ocean. I'm sorry, what is this BlackBerry you talk of? <laughs> well, no, I, it's a Canadian thing. <laughs> Jeez. Does nobody use it down there? Is Obama the only guy in the States that uses a BlackBerry? <laughs> no, I mean, bl- Blackberries are huge for businesses. They still are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that That was a pretty pretty significant. Although, you know what? And here's the thing. In the AV industry, I hardly ever run into uh, a BlackBerry unless it is at a corporate level. You know, unless it's, it is a big, I mean, it's not, we don't have AVISPL here, but it's a, you know, unless it's a large AV house, they don't use Blackberries. They use some sort of either iPhone or some other Android device. Yeah, we've made a transition. It used to be everybody had a Blackberry. Now it's your personal phone and you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's what's, it's what's easier to take care of because, you know, Blackberry sometimes is a nightmare to go and set up and configure on a large network. Oh, Although they've made it easier from what I understand. Well, somewhat easier. Yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, NPR had something on it saying, uh, National Public Radio here said something about uh, it may very well be the death knell of uh, Rim, who's been on life support for a little while. Yes, because yeah, their it, playbook wasn't. No, their playbook <laughs> <laughs> You no, can survive was... a bad product. You can't survive a network <laughs> outage. And, and what was interesting about this no, network outage, it, it started, you know, in Asia, and, and then it kind of cycled into Europe, and then it, then it hit North America, and it was, well, we had a faulty switch. That's a pretty big faulty switch. It sounds like mm-hmm. SARS. <laughs> exactly my thought. Nicely done. Exactly how I was thinking. Yeah, it, it's something that, like, I know I've been, I've been pretty active and vocal on this this week locally, mainly because RIM's headquarters, or sorry, Research in Motion, um, their headquarters, you know, an hour east down the highway from us. 
And uh, it's been a really, really big issue locally here. That not explains the, it. That yeah. Explains well, it. They're Canadian. Well, they are Canadian. And not that I care. I granted, I have one of both, one of each. I have an iPhone and I have a BlackBerry. But it's something that was just surprising to me that I didn't see it as much as I expected to uh, on the, you know, on the AV tweet stuff on Twitter with all the people that we follow. I was just a little surprised at how little it seemed to affect people. Whereas from the business side, it was, you know, people were going crazy. But see, I think that 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 right there, and it's unfortunate for Rim because they they the BlackBerry was the first big big smartphone for businesses. I think that right there is the is the blood in the water, as it were. It it is. It's a huge, yeah. you know, for them to have a switch go down and not, you know, have this outage. That was bad to begin with. They did not need it. Their stock price is being hammered. Everything's being hammered. But to do it the same, you know, to have it happen the same week that Apple brings out a new iOS, yep. the same week that Apple brings out a new phone, and you have people lining up for a phone again. Not only that, the- but you've got Google and Samsung releasing a, a, a product that has ice cream sandwich on it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's like- why I like Android because the Ooh. OSs are re- are related to to sweets. Okay. Yeah, I can't. You know, I can't knock it. Honeycomb ice cream. Popcorn. Ooh. Frozen yogurt, you know, froyo. <laughs> See, now I'm just getting hungry. Exactly. And I had lunch it, but uh, yeah, it just it it's been very surprising, very interesting to watch. And uh, you know, as a someone who knows that they employ a boatload of people uh, down the road, and to also know that you know the majority of my customers all carry some form of rim stock in whatever retirement fund it is, it it's a pretty it's an interesting, interesting time to be rim and to be around rim. Yeah. Well, that's all I had on. Right. Well, that's good. That was. Um, good... I do have one last one, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Uh, a moment of silence for uh, Mr. Dennis Ritchie. If any of you heard the one of the developers of C programming and uh, mm-hmm. Unix co-creator died uh, this week. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can overuse the statement that a certain individual created the world we live in, but truly he created the framework or the, you know, the structures the skeleton. which we yeah. built everything else on. Yeah. I mean, those guys who worked in Bell Labs at, this, at that time, I mean, geniuses, you know, what they've yeah. developed, and what we're, you know, what our world runs on. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. I mean, if you look at what we're doing with Crestron, AMX, all, all that stuff had a genesis out of the work that he created and did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely did. Absolutely did. Oh, moment of silence. Moment of silence. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I wanted to make sure this moment was long enough. So, <laughs> You know what? This has been the most <laughs> interesting and fun. I'm never getting invited back. I know it. It's the end no. of my first and last time, yeah. <laughs> Although, I do have a title. The, yes. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. Right. Or, 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 probably good. Oh, Canada. I thought it was, <laughs> oh, now I can talk. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, hey, I'm done with you, Canada. We can get down. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is Matt Scott. He is our Canadian international. Can I ask course. one question? Yes. Sorry, not to, not to jump the gun. So are either of you guys doing anything for AV Week? Uh, I'm doing this show. <laughs> George, are you guys doing anything? 
Not this year, no. Not this year. Same with you, Adrian? Um, probably not. You know, if I can partner with somebody, a school or something, then maybe we'll do something. Right. I, you know, it's it's it always comes up, and it's just like, oh, it's AV week already. Where did the time go? Yeah, I know. I remember seeing it and going, oh, I really should try and organize something. And well, for us, it's our busy season. I mean, this is really in the staging oh, yeah. event world, as you know. Matt, it's it's, yeah, like, it's crazy now time. everything's going on. There's just we'd love to invite like you know the young kids or the college grads or the engineers in, but it's like see this yet yeah, well it's going out. See these guys? Oh, you can't talk to them. <laughs> you know <laughs> those guys are busy. No, well that's the Don't thing is the, the people that the people that have time to do this are some of the educational places, and I, that that's where my, my full-time job is, education. I don't have the time next week. Um, and manufacturers, because not for nothing, but integrators, you guys are out making money. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what you do. Yeah, I, resources I was, and time. Yeah, yeah. it was one of those things we looked at it um, you know, and tried to get a, a feel for if there was something we could do, how we could approach it. And again, we're, you know, we're a smaller company. And looked at it and said, you know, I'd love to bring some students out. I'd love to you know, do anything like that. And just couldn't get anything organized in time. But uh, one thing that I think we're going to try and do is do some some radio stuff with a couple friends of mine that, that do you know AM shows and whatnot, and just try and get some some information out that way cool. on it. But it you know it is as a smaller company listening to you know I guess at the top of the show talk about it. it it's something that you know again as a smaller company I'd really love to do more, but it's hard when you're a smaller company. No, it is. So that's that's when we you know love to see the big guys like Crestron and whatnot stepping up and and doing more to help promote our industry. Be an AV ambassador. Help. Help. Well, cool. There we go. This has been fun, guys. Thank you very much. Seriously, this (laughs) this has probably been one of the more uh, not that the rest of them haven't been fun because you know. They have been, but this <laughs> irreverent and fun. Um, our Canadian uh, guy over there is Matt Scott. He's from Omega Audio Video. Matt, what do you want to plug? By the way, congratulations! I meant to say that at the top of the uh, top of the show. Congratulations! You are a part of Gary K's Blog Squad now. I am. I am. Have you read my posts? I, I read your acceptance speech. Yes, my acceptance speech. <laughs> you know, I was. <laughs> I almost didn't write that. Why? It was perfect. Well, no, it's, I know, but I, I almost didn't. I was like, man, this makes me look like a little girl. <laughs> oh, no, your hair makes you look like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I sat That's cold. It is oh, cold. I'm never coming to St. Louis and talking to you. <laughs> Fine. Go Texas. Yeah, you'll have Texas. a hard time finding a flight, so. Uh, yeah, did you good. say go Texas? Yeah, I did. You were such yeah, a Canadian. Yankees are gone. No, it, it, St. Louis is in the National League. They're playing the Brewers. Yeah, I know, but I'm really hoping y'all beat Milwaukee. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then you can go to the big show, and Texas hopefully can take care of business. But, uh, <laughs> no, what I was going to say was I, I didn't want to write. You know, I wrote it, looked at it, and went, oh, I shouldn't post this. I look like a little girl. And then I went, you know, this is exactly how I feel, though. And this is one of those things where, AV to me is such an important part of my life that being asked to do this was like a huge honor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not one of those guys who most likely will ever, you know, get a CD award or get a, an Infocom award or anything like that. We just, we're not at that level. Not saying that we're not good. We're just, you know, I can't compete with the guys doing the huge, you know, home theaters for $7 million. Yeah. That ain't not my market. Wish it was, but it ain't. And, uh, 
I wrote it and like, forget it. We're just going to post it. This is, this is how I feel. And if you saw the last one that we just posted on, you know, it, it was talking about the AV ambassadors, which kind of goes into the AV week and all that other stuff and the stuff Don wrote. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, but thank you for the, the honor. No, it was it was really cool, and yeah, he's he's on the rave blog squad. Eventually, I'm going to have to start bear, uh, paying Gary K because George Tucker is also on the rave blog squad. Uh, by the way, Matt, you can see Matt at on Twitter uh, a lot, uh, as well as as the, the blog squad. Uh, which Twitter handle would you like to promote, sir? Well, why don't we just promote all three? Because I can. Okay. We're at Omega Audio Video. We're at Matt D Scott, and we're at Matt Scott's here. Yay! I gave your hair, by the way, clout the other day. So I saw that. I need to. Uh, I don't think I actually. Am I on clout yet? Is uh, my I, hair on clout? I thought. I thought you were. I don't know. I might be. If you don't know what clout is, it's it's a Twitter, Facebook thingy. K L O U T dot com. It's it's such a fun thing to do. Yeah. Uh, George Tucker. He's in New York. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue about where in New York. He's just in New York. Uh, he's a engineering coordinator for World Stage. Uh, like I mentioned before, he's a part of Gary K's Rave Blog Squad. You can see him on Twitter at Tucker Twos. You have anything to uh, to uh, pimp out there, Mister Tucker? Not as of yet, but if you're, uh, well, actually, if you're interested, uh, World Stage has a brand new website. It's pretty. Go check it out. Okay. What is it? Worldstage.com. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know you needed a decoder ring to find that, but well, No, I just, I just, some people have weird spellings, you know. Some, not, not everybody is .com. Oh, that is pretty. So, <laughs> Adrian, Adrian Boyd is never coming back here again. Uh, Adrian, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to, but hey, um, <laughs> next time come prepare with better jokes. All right, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, he's from. I'll, I'll bring my Canadian joke repertoire just in case. <laughs> it's a pamphlet. Me, they don't go over well. They don't. Go over well. Uh, just, just get some Timbits, get some moose, some double doubles. You'll be good. Oh my! Uh, he's from Vector Sketch. Uh, his Twitter handle is the underscore av underscore cad underscore guy. Um, anything you want to uh, tw- promote there, Mister Mister? Um, we are at vectorsketch.com, and and uh, we're if you're familiar with independent programmers, we do the same thing. Only engineering and CAD for AV integrators and consultants. And uh, if anyone has CAD questions, I am all willing to answer. If I don't know the answer, I'll find it for you. Excellent. That's very helpful. Uh, I'm Tim Albright. You can reach me wherever the freak you can find me. Uh, <laughs> um, my, my Twitter, I guess, is uh, TD Albright. Uh, more importantly, though, please go to the website and, and check us out. Let us know what you think. More than open to to uh, to um, questions, comments, suggestions on way to make this thing a little better. Uh, probably is the number one is getting me off of it. But uh, avnation.tv is uh, is the website so go there leave us comments let us know what you think uh in the next couple of months we're going to have some more specials and some other things coming out uh one of them is is with mr tucker but some other stuff some other cool stuff coming down the line so uh thanks for listening and that's all the time we have for a oh also thanks to cheryl regan uh from the infocom uh group for talking to us about about av week so uh that's all the time we have for av week Thank you.